It's Thursday, February 2. I'm Sarah Ollie and this is AFL Daily. On today's show, a new captain at Collingwood with a familiar name, plus an update on all things Gold Coast Suns. Joining me this morning is Michael Whiting and Fish. A big welcome back for 2023. Nice to see you. Thanks, Sarah. It's been a long time. I've had a massive holiday. It feels so long since I've seen anyone kick a footy, talk about footy or anything. But uh, it's great to be back. And I believe you're on the Sunshine Coast. And we will get to the Gold Coast Suns after the promo. But some pretty big news out of Collingwood yesterday. Yeah, you were at the announcement of Darcy Moore taking over from Scott Pendlebury as the skipper. Can you take us into the to the press conference and I guess what you learned from that announcement? Yeah, so we've been waiting for this announcement for some time since learning, I think late last year, that Scott Pendlebury would be stepping down after nine seasons at the helm of the Magpies. Of course, he is the most capped captain in the history of the club. So very big shoes to fill. And I think Darcy Moore was always the leading candidate along with the likes of Jeremy Howe, Taylor Adams. There was a bit of support for Braden Maynard. All three of those are actually in the leadership group. That will be Maynard's first time there. But, yes, the presser dropped yesterday afternoon, so we all made our way to the AIA Centre to hear from Darcy Moore. And, look, he had a big smile on his face. Of course, this is uh, something that perhaps has been in the works for some time. Of course, his father, Peter, captained the club in the 80s and it wasn't lost on Darcy Moore. What an honour it is to follow in his footsteps. It's obviously not something that happens every day and it's a real honour to be to be asked to serve in this role by your teammates. And so um, I feel really privileged to be in this position. And then, um, yeah, obviously my dad has been through it. He's, um, yeah, he's been captain of this, this club himself in a different era and Um, We've actually spoken a lot about it over the last probably month or so. The club historian just texted me before and said we're the second um, family to be father-son captain of the club. So, yeah, just to really enjoy that and um, sort of soak in the significance now um, while I can and then um, just to be myself, really. So, Fish, pretty unbelievable. Peter and Darcy there, that is the second father-sons to Captain Collingwood in the history of the club. So a very storied name when it comes to the Magpies. I guess what I'm interested in hearing from you is, from afar, did this come as a bit of a surprise? Yeah, I don't know if it came as a surprise, Sarah. As you said, he was obviously a, a leading contender, but I guess the question I probably had from the outside was, after Scott Pendlebury had the job for so long, was it a job for one man or was it a job potentially for two? Would it be a a shared captaincy role? What do you see? Obviously, every candidate has their strengths, but what do you see as Darcy Moore's major strengths as a skipper and what could we and the Collingwood fans, I guess, expect from him in terms of his leadership style in 2023 and beyond? Well, one of the things that was put to him was, do you feel any pressure in taking over from Scott Pendlebury? And he said, look, not really. I'm going to lead as Darcy Moore and not Scott Pendlebury, but I also have the advantage of being able to lean on Scott Pendlebury when I need to. He's clearly still going to be a leader out on the field and at the club. But I think that Darcy brings this new age sensibility about him. And as I was watching him at the press conference, I just thought to myself, he is the perfect person to be taking over at this point in time. He was talking about diversity within the club and within football support 
supporter bases and within Australia. He was asked about the Do Better report and how he's been quite um, a big part of what he wants to see the club doing going forward. And it was funny, afterwards I was chatting to uh, a colleague, a much older colleague who's been in the industry for some time and he said, oh, I'm a, I'm a bit surprised by this appointment because he's not really a footy head, Darcy Moore. And I said, yeah, that's why he's the best appointment. He is this new age guy that really reflects uh, this next generation coming through. And not to mention, he is a gun on the field. Let's not forget that as well. So I think it's going to be a really good appointment for the Magpies. He said that the biggest challenge will be, of course, navigating the highs and lows of the season as it goes. And he said sometimes it's the highs that are harder to navigate. That's what he found last year. But, uh, yeah, I think a really good appointment in Darcy Moore at Collingwood. I guess the only thing Fish is, you know, the durability with his body. I mean, he wasn't uh, taking part in match simulation today with that back issue. He thinks he will be good to go come the pre-season. Do you think that could be a concern at all? Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's something that it, you would find that hard to factor into your decision, I think. It would be hard to hold someone out of a captaincy role on the chance that they that they might get injured. I think you've just got to pick the best man for the job, and that's what Collingwood's done. It's interesting there with your, your anecdote about speaking to the to your colleague um, about Darcy, just how our perception of captains have changed probably dramatically from 20 or 30 or 40 years ago fire and brimstone speeches a bit like coaching to now nowadays where you've got to be a a bit more uh, sensitive a bit more inclusive and I guess cognizant of the feelings of a much broader spectrum of people on the club's list so it'll be interesting to see how Darcy goes because now however you want to rank clubs in the country and the size of them it is probably the most prominent position in terms of a skipper in the AFL, isn't it? There's, he's going to get asked a lot of difficult questions and, and face a lot of tricky situations as the leader of such a big club. Absolutely. We'll stick with us on AFL Daily. Up next, it's all things Gold Coast Suns. G'day, I'm Roy. I'm Warney. And I'm Calvin. And we're the Traders, your fantasy experts. It's the best time of the year because it's fantasy draft season. Play the most exciting format of AFL fantasy where every player is unique. If I've got pick one, I'm taking Josh Dunkley and no one else can have him. Draft day is super fun where you take it in turns picking players with your league mates before launching into head-to-head matchups where your team scores points based on your players' performances each round. Head to fantasy.afl.com.au to create a league and draft your way to the ultimate bragging rights. So Fish, I can see there you're in your hotel room. Where exactly do we find you this morning? I'm at Twin Waters on the Sunshine Coast. Um, Quite a few clubs over the years have come to the Sunshine Coast and have stayed at at Twin Waters. It's about, for those people from around the country that don't know, it's about five or ten minutes north of Maroochydore and Mooloolabar. So great part of the Sunshine Coast. The Suns are up here for five days in total today's their last day they'll head back to the gold coast later this afternoon um, to have a four-day break but they've been up here and had a mix of a mix of training they've had a match simulation session they've done some team bonding activities at a water park and a couple of the younger fellas tried a surfing lesson and had another training session yesterday so it's been a real mix and match but the first opportunity for the club post covid to get away as a group 
and and mesh together as a group. So look, a quick little five day, um, I wouldn't call it a break for them, but just a change of scenery. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, Fish, in terms of catching up with the playing group, you've had the chance to connect with Brody McLaughlin, who is the second SSP only taken on Wednesday by the Suns. Yeah, he's an amazing story. And I'll run something in a bit more depth on um, on our website in the, the coming days. But I had a chat to him just a couple of hours after it was a, a, you know made official that he was going to be the final player on Gold Coast list. Fantastic story, a 25-year-old, didn't make any junior tack cup teams, took a year out in took a year away from footy in year 12, came back, was playing second division VAFA footy as a 19-year-old, which is about division five, I believe, for, for people not familiar with the VAFA. So he came from a long way back, overcame a lot of hurdles, has had a broken leg, a broken sh- had all sorts of setbacks, but has just kept persisting. Did a great job with Frankston last year, kicked 24 goals in 12 games and caught the eye of the Suns and, and beat out a couple of other players for that final list spot and a, such a lovely fellow I had a great chat with him and you'll see the story in a bit more depth in a couple of days but just a terrific story of perseverance which I, I just love seeing at this time of year it's early days I know fish but do you think he has a potential to break into the side I think he's a bit down the pecking order he's a marking forward the Suns have got a little bit of a log jam there but as we've seen previously it, it only takes one or two injuries in that part of the ground to give guys opportunities so how they juggle that forward line with um, Ben King coming back, Levi Casbolt, who looks re- remarkably fresh and fit, actually. Um, Marby or Chole. There's a lot of taller guys down there. But, but as we've seen with tall players, they are only an injury or two away from making a jump. But very, very impressed the Suns are with his preseason so far. Now, are you going to have another junket to Blacktown International <laughs> Sports Park on Saturday, the 4th of March? Because... That's the only preseason fixture for the Suns that we're taking on the Giants. I don't think I will get the nod to go to Blacktown, Sarah. So, um, but I'll tell you, what, I think the Suns will enjoy this because preseasons the last few years, and partly due to COVID, every preseason it's Gold Coast and Brisbane. They get sick of playing each other. Their reserves, their VFL teams get sick of playing each other. They play each other twice through the season. So I think the Suns are. Um, embracing the opportunity to go out and play a different club. And we know how hungry the Giants are going to be. It's only pre-season, but they've got a new coach. It's their players' chance to impress Adam Kingsley. So it'll be a good hit out for the, the Suns, and I'm sure they're looking forward to it. Hey, and on another positive note, Noah Anderson, he re-signed with the club last week. That's a real surety, a real sign of a show of faith for Stuart Duarte's team, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And it's, it came about five or six weeks after his great mate Matt Rowell signed on for a couple of years. But we saw last year how these young players out of contract, these highly rated young players out of contract, if they're not tucked away early, they can drag on. Last year it was Isaac Rankin and... If you had have asked me 12 months ago, would Isaac Rankin stay? I thought he would have stayed at the Suns. But as the season wore on, we know the way that unfolded for the Suns. And luckily for Adelaide, they've got the services of, of Isaac Rankin for 2023 and beyond. But putting this to bed so quickly in the preseason with Raul and Anderson is just a weight off the shoulders of Stuart Jew, uh, Wayne Campbell, the footy manager, Craig Cameron, the list manager, and the rest of the Gold Coast Suns to have their two of their young midfield guns locked away for the future. 
Do you think otherwise it can become a distraction? Because that's almost what Rankin did become towards the end of last year. I think it can. Like, it's hard to not because you've got guys like me and other journalists asking the coach at press conferences for the last eight weeks of the season, hey, where's Isaac? How's Isaac going? What's Isaac doing today? Or, And even just in conversations around the club, it's just human nature because you're intrigued and you want to know where this young, these young talented players are going to go and which way they're leaning and... Um, I think it can. The club won't admit to it, but I think it can become a distraction over the season. But they won't have to worry about that in terms of those two players, at least, for 2023. All right. We'll keep clicking back to afl.com.au and the AFL Live app for the most comprehensive footy coverage. And, of course, to see Fish's piece on Brodie McLaughlin. I cannot wait to read that one. And, of course, Fish will be back again tomorrow on AFL Daily with plenty more preseason news, including an update on the Lions. See you then.